Well, good morning out there. It is seven o'clock. It well seven o six a.m. It's Monday, February the fifth, and you're tuned into the AM broadcasting over the airwaves at ninety point nine FM in Calgary, online at cjsw.com, anywhere in the world. Proud to be part of this campus and community radio station for coming up on ten years. An amazing community to be part of. We are broadcasting live from the University of Calgary's McEwen Hall on the traditional territories of the people of Treaty 7 and the home of the Métis Nation of Alberta, Districts 5 and 6. And as always with the AM, here to gently ease you into another Monday morning and another working week. Starting off with spacey electronic sounds, moving on through some more uh, generally singer songwritery stuff in the second hour this week, and then ending off with a little bit of a jazzy and psychedelic and harder-to-define space in the third hour. We're also going to be joined in the third hour of this week's episode by Laura Anzola, a local artist who has a fantastic installation over at M Media, and she's going to talk about that uh, around 9.15. We should be able to get to that. But for now, it is a time for stretching out and waking up. And a uh, nice way to start that is going to be with a Calgary-based project called Osmanthus. This is a collaboration between Laura Reed on violin and Veliska, otherwise known as Christoph Sujata, on synthesizer, keys, and tape loops back in 2019-2020. They recorded a few sessions with some one-take improvisations that they've then processed and edited and sometimes just let stand as they are and put together into an album called Between Seasons, leaning very much on the ambient side of things. It's a lot more gentle, I would say, than the last... Not that Velisca is ever particularly not gentle, but there's something sinister about the album Wolf Moon that came out last year and ended up getting a lot of play at the station. This one, as the floral name and album cover both kind of point towards, is a little bit more warm and hopeful is the tone that I get from it, and maybe something that can help to usher in a spring on a snowy Monday morning. The track we're going to hear is When Winds Blow, so maybe not the one that's going to usher in the warmest of weather. But still a nice one to start off this Monday morning. Here is Osmanthus on the AM.
the former associate conductor of the Calgary Philharmonic Orchestra. Carl Herzer there, a track called Cosmic Vertigo from last year's Relaxer Distractor. I've brought up a couple of times on this show a performance that happened at the National Music Center playing this unconventional old instrument called the Ans Martinet and uh, only realized after listening to Carl Herzer's music for uh, listening to that album a couple of times that it was the same person who performed at that NMC event showing off the Ans Martinet. When he performed there, he had only been playing that instrument for about 10 days, obviously a lot more experience on other instruments, but it was apparently an influential enough experience that uh, he ended up recording that, including it a 22-minute song on that album, Relaxer Distractor, and then experimenting with other sounds, including what we just heard there, which I think that's more of a Moog kind of situation going on. As with a few tracks that I've played in the last weeks, I wish that last groove went on a little bit longer because it just has that perfect Boards of Canada sort of feel to it. But the atmospheric opening is also quite nice, and before that we had an ambient one from the trio of Ariel Kalma, Jeremiah Chu, and Marta Sophia Honer. They started collaborating, well, Jeremiah Chu and Marta Sophia Honer have been recording together for a while. Ariel Kalma, who's been uh, an influential composer for quite a long time, was asked by the BBC if there was anyone that he wanted to collaborate with for a project, and he had never met them before, but had really loved their debut. So they did a quick piece together, and that inspired them to record a full album. It's out now, just last week, I think, on International Anthem, and the album's called The Closest Thing to Silence. It is an absolutely beautiful, kind of contemporary classical ambient piece. And we started things off with Calgary duo Osmanthus. Let's throw it over now to Greenhouse from last year's album A Host for All Kinds of Life. A bit of a reassuring tune. This one is Everything is Okay.
was going, we were going to talk this weekend. We didn't get a chance, maybe later on. Um, but I didn't want you to think that our conversation that you wanted to talk about wasn't important because you are the most important. All right. Love you. Bye. Listen live on the CGSW app, available for Android and iOS.
composer Bradley Thomas Turner there with a track called Walking in New York, a new single released over on... Uh, I found it through Spotify. You can find it possibly on other places as well. Very much a film score vibe to that one. He's a musician who is heavily inspired by film scores. It's uh, written on his website that that's kind of a big thing that he does is soundtrack work either for films or even if you've got a pop-up space. He mentions like making music for pop-up cocktail venues or things along those lines. But that track in particular, even though it's about walking in New York, it also... And does remind me a little bit of kind of Royal Tenenbaums era Wes Anderson scores. It also makes me think a lot of the score from Amelie. And uh, it's been ages since I've seen that movie and I saw that it is going to be showing around Valentine's Day at the Globe. I think they're showing it starting on Valentine's Day all the way through that weekend. You can check it out there. And it's a surprisingly difficult film to track down these days. I was trying a few months back and the only version you can legally get in Canada is... It was either from YouTube or one of those platforms they have to pay to actually download it, and then you get it and find out that it's in French with no English subtitles. And that was a little bit of a struggle, so the chance to actually see it again in theaters, for me, it would be across the street from where I first saw it. That was, I think, one of the first films I ever saw at the Uptown and kind of introduced me to going to independent film venues in Calgary. So uh, you can tell from that bit of a ramble that I am definitely intending to go check that out at the Globe next week. Before Bradley Thomas Turner, we had Moshimas, a new single called Minnesoko that is from an album called Land out on Montreal's Moderna Records. Greenhouse starting off that set with Everything is Okay from a host for all kinds of life. And already 737 rapidly moving through this first hour of the AM. I think we're going to go over to a producer out of L.A. who goes by the name of Nalepa and has an album that just came through CJSW this past week called The Flowers. It's a really interesting electronic album. There's parts of it that are that feel very much like dance floor oriented and then parts of it that go in quite unexpected directions. And this one that we're going to hear is a little bit more abstract, maybe a little more influenced by some of the same folks that have influenced some of the composers that we've already heard this hour. A song called Ladybugs from Nalepa here on the AM.
Have you ever felt the absence of a journalism program in the university but wanted to ignite important dialogue, cover captivating stories, and be the voice of thousands of students? Look no further. Volunteer with the Gauntlet, where your words, creativity, and passion come to life. Help us share our campus community's voice. Volunteer today and be part of something bigger, one story and visual at a time.
One of the few instrumentals on the album it comes from that was Jamal Padmore and track called Denial. The album is The Woos, new out on Telephone Explosion Records, one of the finest Canadian labels out there and one you should definitely be following. We had in before that one a track from Patrick Holland, formerly known as Project Pablo. It's from this year's Infra, a song called Blue, uh, Lunar Lemur in that set going back to 2018 and their album themes from imagined tv shows and then started with ladybugs from nalepa i've got two more to take us to the top of the hour two more hours of am after that we'll wrap this set up with easy idiot from that local producer's new one stock music Two. we'll hear ratty cemetery before that some switched on apache man a song called misala here on the am on CJSW. (laughs) 
This is the BBC News. Every weekday morning on CSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. I'm Debbie Russ with the BBC News. Hello. In the past half hour, the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has arrived in Saudi Arabia at the start of his fifth visit to the Middle East since the conflict erupted between Israel and Hamas. He will also travel to Israel, Egypt, Qatar and the occupied West Bank. Mr Blinken's trip follows days of US airstrikes against Iranian-linked targets. Hugo Beshega has more details from Baghdad. Antony Blinken is back in the region and uh, he's got two main goals here to try to secure the release of the hostages who remain in captivity in Gaza and also to try to reach a deal for a pause in hostilities in Gaza for a much needed humanitarian aid to be delivered to the Palestinian population. Obviously, these are very difficult negotiations. Talks between Israel and Hamas continue, but I think the hope here is that any kind of pause in the war could help reduce tensions all across the region. Riot police in Senegal have fired tear gas outside Parliament in the capital, Dakar, as crowds tried again to gather to protest against the postponement of the presidential election. MPs are due to debate a bill that would reschedule the poll for six months. Earlier, the government cut access to the internet on mobile phones. Richard Hamilton has more. About 100 people had gathered outside the National Assembly and the army had sent in tanks and riot police used tear gas to disperse the protesters and the internet was cut. The communications minister said this was to stop the dissemination of hateful and subversive messages on social media amid a context of threats of disturbances to public order. So they clearly wanted to stop people organising more protests as there had been on Sunday, which had turned quite violent. Britain's Africa minister has told the BBC there's clearly a risk of famine in Ethiopia unless action is taken to prevent it. During a visit to the country, Andrew Mitchell promised British aid worth about $125 million to help mothers receive health care. Claire Neville is from the UN's World Food Programme. In Ethiopia, you have several overlapping crises. So we have drought, people recovering from a two-year conflict, rising inflation, an upsurge in the cases of disease. And all of this together just pushes people further into hunger and malnutrition. If we don't get food assistance to people right now, the situation will worsen. The former Brazilian footballer Danny Alves has gone on trial in Barcelona, accused of rape. He's charged with assaulting a woman in a nightclub in the Catalan capital, which he denies. After initially denying he'd met his accuser, he later insisted they'd had consensual sex. BBC News. The board that reviews how Facebook moderates content has said the firm should label fake posts rather than remove them. The Oversight Board agreed with Meta's recent decision not to take down a manipulated video of the US President Joe Biden, our technology reporter Chris Valance reports. The video of President Biden had been edited to make it appear he had inappropriately touched his granddaughter's chest. Accompanying text also falsely suggested he was a paedophile. But in spite of its libelous content, the video did not fall foul of Meta's policies. Currently, these apply only to videos that have been manipulated using AI in which people appear to say things they did not say. 
Police in southeastern Bangladesh say at least two people were killed when mortar shells fired during clashes in neighbouring Myanmar fell across the border in a nearby village. The authorities say those killed were a Bangladeshi woman and a Rohingya refugee who'd been working on a farm. Fighting between Burmese troops and rebels opposed to Myanmar's military government has intensified in the area. A rights campaigner in China who accused police of torturing her partner has been found guilty of subversion. A Chinese court sentenced Li Chiao Chu to more than three and a half years in prison. Ms Li gained attention by helping victims of domestic violence. She also urged the Chinese state to release more details of the coronavirus outbreak in the early stages of the pandemic. A construction firm in South Korea has announced the payment of more than $70,000 for each baby born to its employees over the past two years. It's the largest sum offered by a private company to help deal with the country's falling birth rate. The chairman of the Boo Young Group, Lee Jung-gun, said unless the the trend was reversed, South Korea would face a crisis of extinction within 20 years. BBC News. CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary broadcasts the latest world updates from the BBC at 7, 8 and 9 every weekday morning. Well, good morning once again. It's 8.05 a.m. Monday, February the 5th. Looking quite gray and foggy out this morning, but I think we're going to be sharing some sunnier sounds for the next few songs, so maybe that will help things out a bit. Before the break, we heard one from Calgary's Easy Idiot. If you're ever curious what you're listening to, you can always text into the booth 403-220-3991 if you're listening live or head to cjsw.com or to the am.ca if you uh, are checking it out at any other time and are curious what you're hearing. This hour, yeah, let's start things off with, it's not quite sunrise yet, but I still think I'm going to play After Sunrise, a track from a group called Circles Around the Sun. This track is originally composed by Brazilian legend Sergio Mendes, This version of it is from, uh, it's the title track from an album that's going to be releasing this April in collaboration between disco-ish outfit Circles Around the Sun and vocalist Michaela Davis. We'll start things off with that. We'll follow it up with a new one from a group called Floral Portrait and keep things on the sunny side for at least a few tracks here on this Monday morning on the AM.
February 9th and 10th, Alberta's premier Black History Month celebration is back with a bang. Start off the weekend at the Carrier Village Commons with the Calgary Food War on Friday. The Battle of the Queens. Then spend the rest of your weekend at the Ethnic Festival of Arts and Culture at the TELUS Convention Center to check out international music sensation Brick and Lace, Toronto's Supreme R&B talent Shally, and comedian Dr. Helen Paul, as well as a ton of diverse local and emerging artists. Head to ethnicfestivals.com for more info or get your tickets now at showpass.com.
Really, I'm going to have to listen to the rest of that album soon. That was the first single from Paolo Edson's album. Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name for a second. It's called Pluma, the song we heard in Melodia. The album itself came out just a couple of weeks ago, and I haven't had the chance to play the full thing. But if it has the same kind of mood as that, it is going to be a highlight of the year for me, for sure. Before that floral portrait from their self-titled album, we heard Sunset Stroll, a track that had me thinking it would fit in well on Prairie Surfing, a show whose vibe I definitely wish I could capture. If you don't listen to Prairie Surfing on CJSW and you enjoy what I do on this show just in terms of that feeling of trying to put good vibes out into the world, no one does it better than Jay from Prairie Surfing. Uh, 10 p.m. on CJSW on Mondays. Worth your time, for sure. 
and circles around the sun with Michaela Davis. I think I said vocalist when I introduced the track, but harpist Michaela Davis with their take on After Sunrise. Uh, let's go with a couple of Canadian singer-songwriters to get us to the halfway point of this week's episode. We'll go with an artist who was born in Italy, now based in Toronto, Fortunato Durudi Marinetti, whose album I've been kind of obsessed with over the last week. But before that, a new single from Roy. They have an album coming out in April called Spoons for the World. This single, a lot less garagey, a lot less psychedelic, a lot more 70s singer-songwritery than anything I've heard from Roy in the past. It kind of makes me think of, well, yeah, just that era of singer-songwriter of, uh, like, yeah, let's just listen to it and let the vibe tell you what I'm struggling to say at this hour. Now You Know is the name of the song. Roy is the artist. The AM is the show that you're listening to here on CJSW. I never said I knew which way to go I just acted that way So now you know Don't second guess First thing that comes to Freedom's in mind 
one spool on the floor You'll never get it back Into that canister The movie of your life Has unspooled on the floor On spools on the floor You'll never get it back Into that canister The movie of your life Has unspooled on the floor The Movie of Your Life by Fortunato Derudi Marinetti from the album Eight Waves in Search of an Ocean, which came out late last year, and I didn't find it until about a week and a half ago and have listened to it quite a few times in the span of that week and a half. In other words, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Before that, Roy with Now You Know, and it is 8.31, halfway through this week's episode of the AM and ready for the 8.30 throwback. Going back to 2008 for this one, and the sixth album, but definitely breakthrough album for Calgary musician Ray Spoon, their album Superior, You Are Inferior. The title coming from the opening track on the album, which is packed with references to all of the Great Lakes uh, and I think the line is something along the lines of Lake Superior, you are inferior only to the ocean. Something along those lines. So Ray Spoon, if you're not familiar, is a Calgary-born, currently I think Victoria-based musician who has been recording since the early 2000s. They started off as a more of a country singer. A lot of the tracks incorporating definitely guitar, but also banjo Mandolin, And uh, one of the tricky things about their time in those early days was touring Alberta as a country musician, but also as a trans artist. And the challenges that come with that genre in particular, but even in the early 2000s, being a publicly trans personality, certainly not an easy thing. I remember for myself hearing Superior or Inferior when it came out in 2008, I was working at Fast Forward at the time, and Ray was one of, if not the first, trans musician that one of my writers wrote about, and just trying to figure out the ways to navigate that was something, at the time, I wasn't really particularly well-equipped for. I don't think that anything went wrong with the article, but I do remember being very hesitant in like making sure that we were using the right wording for everything, and... Uh, the importance of having artists pushing forward public perceptions and helping you to understand and um, empathize and accept things that may have been a little bit foreign to you at the time. Uh, Spoon has been an outspoken activist over the years, uh, as well as just uh, an exceptional singer and songwriter whose albums have been nominated for all kinds of awards, who has a documentary about themselves. Uh, called My Prairie Home that was produced by the National Film Board of Canada. 
Their music has gone in much more of an electronic direction over the years, which for me personally, the kind of pop dance side isn't something that strikes me, resonates with me as strongly as the earlier albums that were kind of combining guitar and electronics but uh, certainly is an artist who has grown tremendously and I have a huge amount of respect for. Part of why I wanted to go with this album in particular, though, is the closing track on the album on the uh, is a guitar-based reprise of a track called Strength From Within, and the lyrics of that one I think are very much worth emphasizing, which is, at least the first verse here, sailors have always known that you can't fight the wind, you can't fight the water with strength from within. We've got to find a way to get the ocean on our side and just the way that that speaks to the need for collective supports that you can't tell people that they have to face up to all of the hardships in the world with strength from within, that sometimes you have to find ways to get the ocean on your side is especially striking me right now. I mean, I have a hard time talking about complex topics this early in the morning, but there is some proposed legislation in Alberta right now that is amongst, if not the most regressive in the country in terms of how it deals with trans rights. It uh, purports to be about parental rights, but it actually even gets rid of parents' abilities to support trans youth in certain ways, especially around medical procedures that are widely recognized around the world as being beneficial in terms of mental and physical health. And uh, yeah, in that context, the idea that strength from within is something that people can depend on is almost a dangerous concept that this is something that you just got to buck up and deal with. Uh, The idea that we've got to find a way to get the ocean on our side is, I think, one that will be sticking with me in the days and weeks to come as that legislation is making its way into our reality. I'll leave it to the music to speak, though. Here is the solo version, Strength From Within. Ray Spoon will follow that up with another track from the fantastic Superior, You Are Inferior, from back in 2008. Your 8.30 throwback on the AM. Sailors of no you can't fight the wind you can't fight the water with strength
The Scene is Calgary's go-to guide for local culture with a range of monthly features on music, lifestyle, the arts, in addition to event listings. The Scene keeps you updated on all things Calgary. Find your copy of The Scene at businesses around the city or visit theyyscene.com for more information.
Such a gorgeous track there from South Korean artist Min Hui Lee. That's from an album came out late last year. Hometown to Come is the name of that one. The song we heard was Returning. Before that, a couple of tracks from Ray Spoon. My Heart is a Piece of Garbage, Fight Seagulls, Fight was the second one we heard. First one was a track called Strength from Within. I accidentally played the other version, not the solo version, but uh, still a really solid one, and I would encourage you to track down the solo guitar version as well, because it is beautiful. I think I've got time for two more tracks to take us to the top of the hour, one more hour of AM after that, including an interview with local artist Laura Anzola about her installation over at M Media called Voices. Looking forward to getting to that, but to get there... Yeah, let's go with one from Coffee Flex from the album Flowers in the Dark. This is Fire. We'll follow it up with one from Calgary's Stellar Door. And that should take us right to the BBC News. And then, like I said, one more hour of AM. Appreciate all of you for listening. Hope you enjoy this one from Coffee Flex.
Is the BBC News broadcasting live in Calgary every weekday morning on CJSW 90.9 FM? I'm Debbie Russ with the BBC News. Hello. Police in Senegal have fired tear gas to disperse protesters outside Parliament in Dakar to denounce the postponement of this month's presidential poll. The demonstrators condemned President Macky Sall's move, which he announced on Saturday as an attempt to cling to power. Richard Hamilton reports. Protesters chanted slogans against President Macky Sall, calling him an assassin and a dictator. Around 100 opposition supporters had gathered outside the National Assembly before riot police used tear gas to move them on. Some of them were arrested. The aborted protest began shortly before MPs were due to debate a bill to postpone the poll until August. Opposition candidates have denounced the move as a constitutional coup. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has arrived in Saudi Arabia at the start of his fifth visit to the Middle East since the conflict erupted between Israel and Hamas. Mr Blinken's trip follows days of airstrikes by the United States against Iranian-linked targets in Iraq, Syria and Yemen. From Jerusalem, here's Nick Beek. Listening to the American officials who are travelling with him and have been giving us some sort of briefing, the top priority, as they're putting it, is to try and ensure there's some sort of pause in the fighting, during which time the hostages who were taken by Hamas on October the 7th are released. Saudi Arabia, clearly a really big regional player, but also uh, no coincidence that Egypt and Qatar are places he's visiting because those two countries have been pretty instrumental in the behind-the-scenes conversations that have been going on to try and get some sort of hostage deal and a pause in the fighting. The former Brazilian footballer Dani Alves has gone on trial in Barcelona in Spain, accused of rape. He's charged with assaulting a woman in a nightclub, an allegation he denies. Guy Hedgo reports. The woman who has accused Danny Alves of rape says he lured her into a toilet in the VIP section of a nightclub in Barcelona where he forced her to have sex with him. Mr Alves, who has been in custody ever since, initially said he did not know the woman at all before then saying that they did have consensual sex. 
Although he no longer plays at the top level, the 40-year-old is one of the most decorated footballers in history, having won trophies while playing for Sevilla and Barcelona and the Brazilian national team. The body that reviews how the owner of Facebook moderates content has said the firm should label fake posts rather than remove them. The Oversight Board agreed with Meta's recent decision not to take down a manipulated video of the US President, Joe Biden. But the board warned that the regulations needed to be tightened ahead of this year's US election. You're listening to The World News from the BBC. The medical charity MSF has warned of a catastrophic humanitarian situation in a refugee camp in the Sudanese state of North Darfur. MSF said all its emergency thresholds for malnutrition had been reached and called for an immediate increase in international aid. It said at least one child was dying every two hours at the Zamzam camp near the city of Al-Fasha. A rights campaigner in China who accused police of torturing her partner has been found guilty of subversion. A Chinese court sentenced Li Jiaochu to more than three and a half years in prison. She served a long period in jail before her trial and is expected to be released in August. Ms Li gained attention by helping victims of domestic violence. Police in southeastern Bangladesh say at least two people were killed when mortar shells fired during clashes in neighbouring Myanmar fell across the border in a nearby village. There's been intense fighting in the area between Burmese troops and rebels opposed to Myanmar's military government. Ambarasanati Rajan reports. Officials say those killed along the border were a Bangladeshi woman and a Rohingya refugee who had been working on a farm. There has been panic in some villages as shells and bullets have been falling inside Bangladesh. Several people have been injured. Many residents on the Bangladeshi side have left the area. On Sunday, officials said nearly a 100 Myanmar border troops entered Bangladesh after fleeing clashes in Rakhine state. At least 15 of them had gunshot wounds. Fans of the American avant-garde composer John Cage have gathered at a church in Germany for a rare event. A new note in his piece, As Long As Possible. It's been nearly three and a half years since the last change of tone. The piece is due to last a total of 639 years. That's the latest BBC News. CJSW 90.9 FM broadcasts the latest updates from the BBC at 7, 8 and 9 every weekday morning. Here we are going into the third and final hour of this week's episode of the AM, coming to you live over the airwaves, 90.9 FM in Calgary on CJSW, coming to you from the University of Calgary's McEwen Hall on the traditional territories of the people of Treaty 7 and the home of the Métis Nation of Alberta, Districts 5 and 6. I'm proud to be part of this campus and community radio community for uh, almost 10 years now. Before the BBC News, we had a track in there from Troublemaker, 
going back to 2018 and the album Dragon, the song was Undoing. Before that one, we had Flight of the Manumitter from Stellar Door's album The Ritual. And Coffee Flex starting things off with Fire from Flowers in the Dark. In just a little under 10 minutes, we're going to have a call with Laura and Zola talking about the piece Voices that's showing at M Media right now. Before we get there, though, got two tracks for you. One, a new single from Klaus Johan Grobe, their first new one in somewhere around five, maybe even six years from that duo that is kind of fusing kraut rock with disco and pop in a wonderful sort of way. Before that, though, one from Bad Bad Not Good, a brand new single from them that is a very different direction from anything that I was expecting. A couple of the songs that I played in the last hour were from Canadian artists who are mining a a 70s pop soul singer-songwriter vein, and that seems to be where this one is going as well. It is called Take What's Given, Bad Bad Not Good, here on the AM.
not sure, but I think that is the first time that I've heard Klaus Johann Grobe singing in English and maybe for their new album that's going to lead to a bit more of a crossover than they've had in the past. They certainly deserve it. Before that, an unrecognizable version of Bad Bad Not Good, a new single called Take What's Given. This is the AM. We're on CJSW, and I am glad to be joined this morning by Laura Anzola, who is a media artist based in Calgary, who works with animation, digital arts, and design. Uh, they talk in their bio about uh, the curiosity and enthusiasm that's led them to do projects exploring the influence of technology and media on our daily lives, our bodies, and most recently, an exhibition called Voices over at M Media exploring how visible and invisible borders transform migration, identity, and the many ways we define home. Laura, thanks so much for calling in this morning. Oh, thank you, Peter, for inviting me. So I guess just to start with, um, can you briefly describe what Voices is? It, a lot of people aren't super familiar with media art in general, and then within the realm of media art, there's so many different kinds of installations and pieces so just maybe giving a sense of what it's about and what uh, kind of experience people could expect if they go see it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, Voices is my most recent work. It's an immersive installation. And as you said, it's a piece that is about borders and migration. And the way I am doing this is also by making a parallel of the journey of migration with the migration of humpback whales. Uh, that's the concept for the piece. And yeah, like you say, in the media, sometimes it's really hard to get a grasp of what it really is. So what I did for this particular piece was to create an immersive space, uh, sound and visually. So what I did was to, I have the testimonies and stories of eight immigrants based in Calgary and they are being heard through eight speakers that I hung from the ceiling. There's one testimony per speaker. And I position the speakers in different parts of the room. And the audience is invited to move freely and choose um, what they want to hear. So, for example, if you are directly under one speaker, you will hear the voice quite clearly. But if you decide to be in another place in the room, you will have a completely different sonic experience. So in that way, the audience becomes its own editor and chooses who and where they want to hear. There's also elements of quadraphonic sound and there's sound design and music compositions that we can hear through for additional speakers. Uh, so there's a total of 12 speakers. And there's also lots of visual components. So uh, for example, I did projections in all of the walls that are surrounding the visitors. And there's um, handmade animations that are being projected on it. So the walls are covered in these uh, animations. And the walls are also reflected. And this was very important because I wanted to create an ambient that feels subaquatic. The animations are there to augment and visually accompany these testimonies 
that I was really intentional about not being literal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's quite a unique setup where I'm mixing different kinds of media to talk about complex topics. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. It is a really unique sensation being in that space. I, I had the pleasure of going to see it on, it was the opening weekend, which was also, I'm sure you remember, a brutally cold weekend. <laughs> Uh, and I think that that encouraged me to spend as much time as I could in the piece because it is quite a long and involved experience to be there, but it really uh, captivated me the whole time I was there. Uh, I'm curious, though, how the piece first started coming together. Like, Did you, did you have a pretty good sense of what the final experience was going to be like from the beginning, or did it evolve from the interviews that you did? Uh, well, it's definitely something that evolved from the interviews. So this project is actually part of a larger body of work that I started in 2017 and includes a full dome projection that I'm currently working on. But back in 2020, this was during the pandemic, I interviewed uh, many immigrants and heard many touching testimonies and I started to feel like quite a heavy sense of responsibility because I was given this big amount of trust and I wanted to honor them and honor this trust with lots of respect and care. Um, So yeah, they shared with me very personal and vulnerable stories. So at the beginning, my close friend and amazing artist in Bogota, where I also grew up, um, Viviana Rojas, and I started talking and looking at the interview materials and trying to edit out the points that we found the most compelling to be part of the work. And it was a monumental task because lots of the testimonies are so complex and full that we were really having a hard time to cut out things. In fact, I interviewed 15 people total, and it was really sad Mm. that I couldn't use uh, all the testimonies. But uh, at the end... Bibi and I created this narrative structure that also highlights one of the realities of immigration, and that is that every story is unique and so personal. That is really challenging to grasp it all at once, and it's very like it's an impossible task to generalize immigration to a single general story. So we decided to give one uh, testimony its own you know, a speaker. Um, so yeah, it started with the interviews, but also with Wales. And yeah, I, I, at the risk of asking you to explain a key metaphor in the piece, because I know sometimes there's something nice about keeping things somewhat ambiguous, but what is it about the um, comparison to the migration of humpback whales that struck you as like, a relevant metaphor to use? Well, I love this question because, uh, yeah, in case you haven't noticed, I'm obsessed with humpback whales and <laughs> I just think they're just the most amazing animal in the whole world and you just gave me a chance to talk more about them. So, um, the reason that they're in the piece, um, well, there are many reasons, but, um, one of them is that humpbacks are one of the mammals that have the longest migrations of all, along with gray whales. They can travel up to 16,000 kilometers every year. And so for them, their home is a constant journey. It's not a defined place. I like to think their home is movement itself. So I feel very similar that way as an immigrant where I don't feel I belong anymore to one place or that one place defines me or my identity. 
it's something that is in constant movement, like water, I guess. Um, but also, I think a lot of the piece gets inspiration from the way whales communicate with each other. For example, some of them, humpbacks, can sing songs for 22 hours straight. And it has been discovered quite recently that they can pass songs from generation to generation, but they make variations of their own. So it's like a whole generation learned this song, and then they're making covers uh, that was by being passed on to their children for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, so this inspired also the way the sound is structured in the piece. And uh, yeah, I think um, another point is that whales were hunted not too long ago, and we they were seen as this monster that we didn't know anything about, that it was big and scary and, you know, could swallow us and maybe vomit us out. <laughs> we were lucky, I guess, but uh, regardless, it was this creature that most people were afraid of, and we almost extinguished them for many reasons. But I'm fascinated by the way the perception that we had of whales drastically changed, and we stopped fearing them and seeing them as dangerous or as something that was othered. And we started appreciating them and learning lots from them. And I guess I would love to for that to happen for the vision that many people still have of immigrants. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love the enthusiasm that you have for that subject. Um, and <laughs> I, I wish that I could keep talking to you for a while longer, but... Uh, I think I only really have time for one more question, and then we'll go over how people can see uh, voices and, or experience it, I think is a better word, because audio is such a key part of it as well. And you also have an artist talk coming up, so there's plenty of chances for people to dig in more into what's behind it. But one thing I was really curious about, uh, the elements that go into this piece, the audio interviews and the animated visuals, the narrative structure behind it, a lot of it, you would... The obvious impulse to me for that is to put it into a short documentary or something along those lines. I'm curious what it was about the installation format that appealed to you that you couldn't get from doing it in a more traditional film. Yeah, I think this is a great question, and I love to think about this because my background is in audiovisual studies. And I think I could have definitely do a movie, but then I would not have had the opportunity to explore some of the elements uh, like sound coming from different places in the room, forcing the audience to move and to choose what to hear and when. Um, and this was very important because I'm talking also about the privilege of mobility and like then they actually have to move from one speaker to the other um, if they want to hear something. And you cannot have 12 different sources of sound if you're making a movie. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the immersivity of the space and the projections, the animations are, like, something that I was really looking forward to augment um, for these testimonies. I feel like one of the elements that, as a media artist, I'm more excited to work with is space itself and thinking about space as a tool, like a brush or, like, a color uh, to create and experience art with. Yeah, I, I have to say it really like the the immersive experience, the way that you're guided around the space, the way that you're disoriented at times and trying to figure out 
I, I found myself kind of trying to guess where which direction I should be going in or really watching for the lights that cue you that another speaker is going to come up. It's an incredibly unique experience that makes you feel the themes of the piece, and that was something I really appreciated. Um, for people who want to see it for themselves, it's uh, up at M Media. How long is it going to be running for? It's going to be up until February 24th. And I'm going to have an artist talk this Thursday, February 8th at 6.30 p.m. at Media. Okay, and otherwise, it, it's free for people to go during Media's opening hours, and that's something yes. you can check out at mmedia.ca. That's emmedia.ca. Uh, I'm going to leave things off with a song from, uh, actually, the musician who did some work this piece, Nicholas Eckhart, has uh, I just tracked this down and uh, l- sorry the, do you know the band Lesonora Mazurin? Yes, I absolutely do. Nicolas is part of the band. He also was part of how it started, and he plays bass right now. They were just entering Europe. Oh, very cool! So we are going to hear a track from that one uh, from their most recent album. This is San Para Gozarlas, and thank you so much again, Laura. Thank you, Peter.
Luna Modular there, a track from Vancouver's Empanadas Illegales. Their album Creepy Mambo came out in 2022. I have a feeling they probably have some new stuff in the works because they're doing quite a bit of touring right now, including appearing as part of the Calgary Folk Music Festival's Block Heater on February 15th through 17th. Pretty killer lineup this year, honestly. Daniel Romano's outfit uh, is going to be there. Their latest stuff is more on the garage side, but Romano being one of the more versatile country, rock, pop, etc. artists in Canada right now. Uh, I mentioned Empanadas Illegales are going to be there, who we just heard. You've got Moon River, who I think are going to be playing on the failed pilot next week. Rich O'Coin, who just blew it away at Folk Fest this summer. Tanya Tagak is going to be there. U.S. Girls, who played in Calgary last year to a... I think fairly under-promoted show, and so I think Calgary owes it to U.S. girls to show up for this one. Anyway, some fantastic artists. You can find out more about that at calgaryfolkfest.com. La Sonora Mazuren in before that. From the album Bailando con Extraños, we heard San Paragazalas. And that takes us to now. 20 minutes left in this week's episode of the AM, and we're going to throw it now to... A duo based out of London. They go by the name DDWY. Do not know what that stands for, but it doesn't really matter. Sprig Songs is their debut album as a duo. And yeah, we're going to listen to Green Villa off of that one, follow it up with something from Calgary's Untrained Animals, and see what we can fit in before the top of the hour.
Well, that is basically going to be it for this week's episode of the AM. Thank you to all of you for sharing another Monday morning with me. Uh, I think I'm going to be away next week again, but back after that for a good long stretch of Monday mornings. The one that we just heard there, Sun King with My Mind is an Oven. I guess that must mean that they were baked when they made it. Untrained Animals before that, Suzanne Tripping Balls and Seeing God from their newest album, UT8. And DDWY starting the set with Green Villa from Sprig Songs. I'm going to leave you off with three tracks, one from Adrian Young, going back a few years on that one, one from last year, a great album from Nisi Blues called Exit Simulation, and then wrap things up for reasons that I think are clear with one from Anony and the Johnsons, that is You Be Free from My Back Was a Bridge for You to Cross. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a fantastic week in the meantime. Here is Adrian Young for you on the AM.
Good morning. It's Monday, February 5th, 2024. My name is Andrew, and this is the beginning of Breaking the Tethers on Calgary's campus and community radio station CJSW 9.9 FM in Calgary. We are here for one hour of jazz, sort of, kind of music from 10 a.m. Mountain Time through to 11 a.m. Mountain Time. A nice way to start your day, start your week, I think, I would say. Breaking the Tethers sits nicely between two fine shows here on CJSW. We just finished up the AM in about an hour's time. We're going to have CJSW Originals. We'll begin today's program with... Uh, with actually, let me take a half step back. Uh, today's program is going to be a fair amount of new stuff, uh, some older material, but nothing, nothing anything outside the 20, 21st century. I think it's all going to be 2000 and onwards this week. Don't hold me to that. Things might change. But uh, recent stuff, including a bunch of just released items, new things. We are going to begin with, if I can get it going here, a prelude. I think this was a good way to get started. Two new things to start with. The first of these is a prelude. Comes to us from the Neil Kirkwood Big Band. It's called Prelude, colon, Invitation. I thought this would be a fine way to get things started on the show, to get Breaking the Tethers going. A prelude, an invitation, and then we'll head off in other directions from there. So here goes. Neil Kirkwood, Big Band on Breaking the Tethers, 
CJSW. Thank you.